Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. You know, it's so cool to see what's happened in a year and uh, it was wonderful last year and looking at, at the, the social media and Phil been keeping me up to date with what's been happening and to be here today and it's just wonderful. It's so encouraging to see that we serve a God who is alive, He is on the move and He is doing something here in your town, in your city and in your area and uh, what a great time to be alive, hey? Well, I think, I think it's good anyway, you know, I like it myself, but, you know, I, I also want to give honor where honor's due, and, you know, Pastor Phil, he has been a, a good friend of mine for several years now, and uh, I meet many pastors and many leaders all over the world, and I don't say this lightly, but I honestly and truly believe in, in this man of God, and I honestly believe he is the real deal. He's an incredible man, and God's hand is on his life, and you're blessed to have him as a leader. So why don't we take a moment to thank him for his work. <laughs> he, he didn't pay me to say that, I promise. It came straight from the heart, straight from the heart. You know, I'm, uh, I'm married to one woman, and uh, <laughs> I thank God for that, yeah, come on, come on. There we are, there's my wife, that's, uh, that's Lisa, and I told the morning congregation today that, you know, every time I look at her, I know there is a God, because God has been very good to me, no doubt about it, and that's our little miracle child, and I'm going to share a bit more of my story in my message, but, you know, we were told that we, could, we may never have children, uh, that it would be impossible, and uh, we, we serve the God of the impossible, and little Lila Hope is, is our miracle, so uh, if you've never seen a miracle, just take a few more seconds looking at that photo because she is a real miracle. And uh, if God can do it for me, He can do it for you. So uh, that's my family. They send their regards. Anyway, I wanna get into my word tonight. Are you ready? Come on. All right, let me pray for you, and then we'll go. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do indeed thank you that you are a faithful God. We thank you for all that has been accomplished here in our eight church over the past 12 months. But Father, we thank you that the best is still yet to come. And tonight, God, we, we, we invite you to have your way in this place. I ask that every man, every woman, every child under the sound of my voice will leave church different to the way they came in. Lord, may hearts be transformed. May minds be renewed. May souls souls be refreshed. Holy Spirit, we invite you to have your way in this place. And a faith-filled R8 church said, amen. amen, amen. Well, the title of my message is this, I will worship. I will worship. I wonder, what do you think of when you hear the word worship? If you have been in church a little while, you may think it is just a few songs we sing before the preacher gets up to speak the word. It, it may only be a word that, that you associate with religion. Perhaps, perhaps you've never even thought about it. I mean, what is worship? Well, worship means to admire, to celebrate, and to love something or someone very much. True worship 
comes from the heart. Now, you may say, Luke, I don't worship anything, but if I checked your schedule, if I looked at your phone, if, if I asked your friends what you spend your money on, my findings may tell me something different. What you worship is what you give your time to. Now, if you spent a week with me, it would not take you long to figure out that I like football. In fact, I have a deep love for the greatest football team on the planet, Watford FC. Hey, come on now. No need for the laughter in here. Any Watford fans? Oh, you're terrible though, you are. Any uh, Man United fans? Any Liverpool fans? I'm going to pray for you all after the service that you find a new football team. But I, I follow all of Watford's news. I, I know all the players' names. I, I buy the replica shirt. My, my favorite color is black and yellow. For those of you, that's the colors Watford playing. When I go to the stadium, uh, you, you may even catch me singing and dancing. I, I wouldn't say that I worship them. But if you ask my wife, she may tell you something different. We can all worship things without realizing and perhaps you are like me and it's your favorite football team. Maybe, maybe it's your love for the England rugby team. Yeah, I was, wait, I was waiting for a few boos. You know, perhaps uh, it's your favorite band or, or maybe you have a secret crush on that actress or you deeply admire that actor. But, but, but let's get real for a moment. Uh, maybe money, maybe money is what you worship or your career is what you worship? Do you idolize certain people? Are you obsessed with the pursuit of fame? Or maybe you worship yourself, your body, your intellect, your ministry, uh, the material possessions you own, the car you drive, the bike you ride, the house you live in. Maybe, girls, it's your shoe collection. Nothing wrong with a good shoe collection. Or men, maybe your PlayStation or your Xbox or perhaps it's your social media followers. What is it that you worship? Now, there is nothing wrong with any of those examples that I have just mentioned, providing they have not taken the place of God in your heart. It is good to have hobbies. It is good to have aspirations. It is good to have dreams. It is good to work hard. It is good to invest your finances wisely. It is good to make friends with people who are smarter than you. Just make sure that through it all, God remains first place in your life. I, I know today that following Jesus may not be the cool thing to do uh, and the rewards may not be as instantaneous as you like and it might not be a popular choice with your friends and with your family but when you learn to seek God first, when you give him all the glory he deserves, when you worship him with all your heart then the Bible says that everything else that you think about and everything else you desire shall be added unto to you. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That means this, 
when you adore, adore him, when you enjoy him, when you honor him, when you value him by devoting your whole self to him, then God will show up in your life. Do you know, friend, that answers arrive when you worship. Healing happens when you worship. Powerful relationships are formed when you worship. Dreams are birthed in worship. Oh, I wonder, are there any worshipers in R8 church tonight? Three of you. Come on, somebody. Come on, Phil, you're not working hard enough. You see, friend, worship time isn't a wasted time. Worship is not something we do once or twice a week in church. Worship isn't about completing your checklist. It is a lifestyle a habit, it is an attitude of the heart, it, it is who we are. And for some of you, you need to start changing who and what you worship. You have been looking at the wrong stuff for too long now and there needs to be a shift in your focus, an adjustment in your thinking, a transformation in the area of your worship. You know, the Bible encourages us to have uh, His praise continually on our lips. Not because God needs your praise or needs your worship. You know, the happiness of God's day is not defined by whether you worship Him or not. He is not up there in heaven looking at His watch, hoping any second now you're going to like His Facebook page or comment on how good He is. No, God knows how good he is. Scripture tells us that all creation worships God without your help. Psalm 19 verse 1 says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Psalm 96 says that the sea resounds and all that is in it, that all the trees of all the forests sing for joy. He doesn't need your worship. He wants your worship. He desires your worship. He wants your worship so that as you begin to press into Him and lift His name high, He can begin to stir those dreams and those desires that God has uniquely placed on your life. Our friend, if only you knew, if only you knew the power of your worship. My assignment tonight, comes from a passage in Acts chapter 16. And it is about two men called Paul and Silas. And these boys, they knew how to worship. Now let me summarize and let, let me tell you what's going on here in this story. And I'll read you a few verses. It says that Paul and Silas were on their way to the temple to pray when they were confronted by a woman with an evil spirit. She, she, she predicted the future. In fact, she made a lot of money for those who owned her by predicting the future. Now, Paul became so troubled by this woman's actions that he casts this evil spirit out of her. Now, her owners are now not happy. Their chance of making money has gone. So they have Paul and Silas arrested, stripped, beaten, thrown into prison, and their feet chained to the stocks. They were in a bad way. 
Let me read you a few verses here in Acts chapter 16, verse 25. It says this, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, I always like that in the Bible. Whenever there's a suddenly, it means something is about to happen. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought all the other prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, do not harm yourself for we are all still here. I want to give you three reasons why you need to be a worshiper tonight. You know, in fact, when that story finishes, as we read on, we see that through the faith and worship of Paul and Silas, this jailer and his entire family give their lives to Jesus Christ. So it's powerful when we, when we figure out how to be a worshiper. So I want to give you three reasons why you, why me, why us, why we need to worship. The first is this, number one, is that worship connects us to the presence of God. Worship connects you to the presence of God. Despite these guys doing the right thing by getting out of bed, heading to the temple to pray and setting this woman free from an evil spirit, they find themselves being beaten black and blue, covered in blood and thrown in a maximum security jail. All because they were doing God's work. You know, if anyone had the right to feel like God had abandoned them, if anyone had the right to be angry at God, if anyone had the right to be confused at their current predicament, then it was Paul and Silas. I mean, I doubt they would have thought that praying in the morning would have landed them in prison in the evening. But instead of complaining to God or feeling sorry for themselves, the Bible says that they start to worship God, that they pray and sing hymns, that there is a new song that begins to rise from the depths of their heart and out of their mouth. Why? Because they understood that when you worship, it takes your eyes off of yourself and onto our God. Do you know this band, this band that we're up here tonight, who are leading us in worship, that they are not up here to look good. They are not up here to entertain us. They are not up here to give us a performance. They are here to lead us in worship. So no matter what your week has looked like, no matter what giants you are facing, they're here so that when you walk through the doors on a Sunday night, you can take your eyes off of yourself and off of your surroundings and place them onto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Do you know, worship magnifies God over your problems. It magnifies Him. Worship reminds us just how big and how loving and how forgiving and how sovereign and how powerful our God really is. Ah, but it's easy. It's easy to worship God when everything's going well. The real test of your faith is when you can worship Him when you're in a prison. 
when you can't see God, when those doors do not open, when you find yourself in a place stuck that you cannot escape from. You see, this is what Paul and Silas did. In April 2015, my wife was pregnant and we were expecting our first child. We had just bought our first home. We had decorated the nursery. We had had the baby shower. All of the clothes were laid out. When my wife went into hospital that day and she had baby L at full term at nine months, she was born without a beating heart. There was no breath in her lungs. She was a stillborn baby. She bypassed earth and went straight to heaven. Her death went down as unexplained. Do you know, I held baby L for three days and three nights, believing that God could raise her from the dead. But he didn't. He didn't. It made no sense to me. I had nothing to say to God. I was angry. I was hurt. I found myself in a prison of pain. But after one month of ignoring God, despite the agony I was in, I made a decision to open my Bible and start to worship Him again. Do you know, friend, a Christian, not reading your Bible when you find yourself in a painful place is a bit like riding a bicycle on the edge of a cliff with no lights on. You're in dangerous territory. And so I remember on the day of her funeral, which I had to speak at to many people, I remember opening my Bible and reading Psalm 30, verse 5 that says weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I remember reading Isaiah 61 that said the God of all comfort will comfort those who mourn. He will place on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Does it still hurt? Yes, it does. Has my life changed forever? Yes, it has. But worshiping God when I couldn't see God, when I couldn't hear God, when I couldn't feel God, got the eyes of my heart off of myself and back onto the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. Oh friends, you may be in a prison of pain tonight. You may be confused. Your life might look like a mess right now. The finances have dried up. That addiction will not break. Your business is in trouble. You do not see a way forward. Your situation looks impossible to escape. Well, can I encourage you? 
can I encourage you to start worshiping again? For when you worship God, the atmosphere changes. Faith is renewed. Strength begins to rise. Hope in your heart is ignited. Courage is activated. Strongholds are loosened. Walls come down. Giants are conquered. The devil starts running when you open your mouth for your worship is a weapon. It is a weapon. You do not need another strategy. You do not need another dream. You do not need another associate. What you need is more worship in your life. For when you worship, things happen. Oh friend, can I tell you today that for some of you, you need to start praising your way out of your problems and start worshiping your way out of your worries. For my God is not lacking. He is not limited. He is waiting on your worship. Oh, for my God will always rescue a worshiper. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better start worshiping. Now turn to your least favorite neighbor and say, you better start worshiping too. The second reason why you need to be a worshiper is this. Number two is that worship connects us to his purpose. It connects us to his purpose. The Bible makes it very clear that every person was created to worship. Psalm 100 says that we are to worship God with gladness. It is he who made us and we are his. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Psalm 95 says, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Do you know we can worship God through our words, in our thoughts and by our actions. Jesus said in John chapter 4 that we are to worship God in spirit and in truth for those are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. The more you worship, the more you get to know the heart of your creator. The more you experience his love, the more you will start to understand the plan and the purposes for your life. And I love how Paul and Silas had a revelation of this truth that just because they were in prison did not mean that their hearts had to be imprisoned. That just because their bodies were chained up didn't mean that their spirit had to be shackled. That just because everyone else inside that prison cell had lost hope didn't mean that they had to stop believing in their creators. Why? Because they are worshippers. They were worshippers and they knew that if they continued to worship God, if they continued to exalt his name, then no matter what the circumstances were, God would show up and fight their battles for them. There is a man in the Old Testament who experienced this exact same thing and his name was Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was king over Judah. And one day the Anamites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the Meunites came to attack him and his people. Now, they had a vast army. 
and it was going to take a miracle to stop them. So Jehoshaphat went to God. He prayed to God and he said, God, how am I going to defeat this army? How am I going to get the victory? And some of you know exactly how Jehoshaphat felt like. There's problems on your left. There's disappointment on your right. There are mountains that stand before you and there looks like there is no way through. And here's what God said to Jehoshaphat. He said, Jehoshaphat, I want you to gather up some men, gather up some people, go out onto the front line and praise me. (laughs) Come on. Wait a second, God. That cannot be. That cannot be the battle plan. Here is this nasty, ferocious, large army approaching us and you want us to go out, take up our positions, stand firm and worship you? (laughs) That can't be right. That can't be right. But God says, listen, you will not need any physical weapons, just an orchestra of worship, a chorus of songs, a united anthem for your battle belongs to the Lord. Oh church, there is something powerful about corporate worship. When men and women gather together to proclaim the goodness of God. You know, in the account of Paul and Silas, We see just that. It says that they were worshiping together. They encouraged each other to keep the faith, to keep smiling, to keep a good attitude. I can just imagine them in this cold, dark, damp, covered in blood and bruises, but talking to each other about their favorite worship song. I see Paul leaning over to Silas and he says, hey Silas, I know a good one we should sing. And it goes like this. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. And then Silas goes, no, Paul. Nah, you've got it all wrong. I've got an even better song we can sing. And it goes like this. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Right, you've got to sing it with me. Here we go. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Thank goodness I'm not in the worship team, eh? But no wonder the Bible says that all, not just some, all of the other prisoners were listening to Paul and Silas. Why? Because they could not believe what they are hearing. All they have ever heard inside of that dungeon is the moaning and groaning of pain, the tears of regret, the sound of suffering. And now here are two men. Two men with an undeniable joy in their heart, an indescribable passion in their voice, a united spirit opening up their mouth and giving it everything they've got. 
Oh, Paul and Silas, they were not humming their hymns or whispering their worship. They were boldly declaring the word of the Lord that Jesus Christ died on a cross and rose again, that he shed his blood so that you and I would be forgiven, that there is power, power in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, not Luke Brendling, the Bible says that as they sung those words, everybody's chains came loose. The old and the young, the sinner and the saved, everyone was set free through the worship of two men. Two people. That's why it's important to come to church every week. That's why it is important to plant yourself in the house of God. Why? Because there is something unique about gathering together and worshiping God. It reminds us that no matter what your background is, your ethnicity, how rich or how poor you are, educated or uneducated, we are all on the same side. We belong to one body that is made up of many parts and your part counts. Your contribution matters. Your voice matters. Corporate worship does something in you that you cannot experience on your own. It awakens our heart as we declare God's promises over one another. It encourages the person on your left and on your right that they do not need to fight alone. It lifts the faith of those in this room. Corporate worship gets the attention of heaven and brings the breakthrough that you desire in life. Oh, our collective worship means tonight. It means tonight that something can happen in this place. For when two or three gather in the name of Jesus, then there he is in the middle. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Yeah, some of you read your Bible. There is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. Why don't we right now give God a shout and a hand, a clap of praise if you believe it. Come on, praise him if you believe it. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I'm only getting warmed up. My third point is this, and my final point. Don't worry, I'm not going to keep you here all night. It's okay. I have to have an ending, otherwise I would preach all day, you know. The third reason why you need to be a worshiper is because worship connects you to His power. Worship connects you to His power. Acts chapter 16 verse 26 says this, Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Wow. Wow. Now that sounds like R8 church to me. Here are these wounded men. I need you to see this as I bring this to a close. 
Here are these wounded men worshipping God with all their hearts when suddenly the foundations start to shake and the, and the chains come loose. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you notice how precise God is? A violent earthquake where only the chains came loose? Now, I have never personally experienced a violent earthquake, but I have seen the destruction it can cause on the TV. So how is it that the foundations can be shaken so strongly, yet the ceiling doesn't come down and the walls do not cave in? Just think, just think if the God we knew was a clumsy God. Whoops, sorry, Paul. I used a bit too much power there. I didn't mean for the wall to fall on your head. You will not be getting out of prison tonight. Imagine if the God we we served was an uncertain God. And He said, hey Silas, I've managed to, to loosen one of your feet, but I don't know how to do the other one. You won't be going anywhere tonight. No, 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 my God is a precise God. He is an accurate God. He is an exact God. Did you know that the earth is tilted at at a perfect 23.4 degrees? And this allows us to experience the different seasons we encounter throughout the year. Without that precise tilt, all humanity would suffer. Did you know that we live the perfect distance away from the sun? Any closer and we would all melt? Any further away and we would all freeze? Did you know that the earth spins at 1,000 miles an hour and because of that spinning, we get gravity. And without gravity, we would all be floating around in space. I look at the birds of the sky, the fish in the sea, the animals on the land, how they move, how they, how they eat, how they, how they reproduce from, from the eagle down to the sparrow, from the whale down to the goldfish, from the giraffe down to the ant. God is into details. And the same God that designed the planet and the complexities of our solar system is the same God that designed you. You are a unique piece of craftsmanship. You have been handmade in the image of God. He knitted you together inside of your mother's womb. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You have been fearfully and wonderfully made. There is only one of you on the planet and there will never be another you. So do not think that God has finished with you yet. Do not think that God has turned His back on you. God knows exactly who you are. He knows what doors to open in your life and what doors to close. God knows when to elevate you and when to hide you. God knows when to show up, pull you up and get you out of trouble. Why? because His timing is perfect and His power 
His power is precise. I want to call the band up as I bring this to a close. Is this helping you tonight? I want to show you one more thing. One more thing in this passage of text. It says that the miracle happened at midnight. Midnight is the darkest point of the night. It is also a significant time on the clock as it is the transition period from one day to the next. It is the moment in time when the date changes. It marks the end of one day and the beginning of another. When the clock strikes 12, Silas's day was done. It appeared like God had forgotten about them. But friend, when you learn to worship God, when you cannot see God, when you can worship Him in your wilderness, when you can worship Him, when those walls are not coming down, then my God has a habit of showing up in your darkest hour. Oh friend, don't you get bitter. Don't you get bitter or caught up about who did you wrong and complaining that life is unfair. Your prison isn't permanent. Where you are is not where you are supposed to stay. It is temporary, but you need to start worshiping again. Because let me remind you one more time, when you worship, things happen. Things happen. Heaven invades earth when you worship. God's power is released when you worship. Chains are broken when you worship. Mountains move when you worship. Dreams come alive when you worship. Oh, I believe it tonight that someone's midnight hour is about to come. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast.